I feel good. You feel good today? You look good. Look at you. Thank you. You got, you got all that equipment in that room. Dude, what, I got nothing. What, what are you? I got a door. I have a door. <laughs> you do. I like to. I like to uh, recreate and work in an environment uh, full of tools. Yeah. Do you notice anything missing behind me, though? Well, I see a lot of guitars. Yeah. I see uh, a deck. Um, where that cassette deck used to be, there used to be a... Um, where the cassette deck is, there used to be my reel-to-reel tape machine. Oh, that's right. You found I, another place for it or another you know, use? I have sold it. And the reason is both of the shops, one in Ithaca and one in Syracuse that would service it, uh, closed. Mm. And it needs to be serviced from time to time. And I realized that if I waited until it broke, then I'd be... It would have no value. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, so you found a good home for it? I don't know. I sold it on eBay. Mm. I mean, I hope that ends up being good but uh, we'll see if the guy left positive feedback i never really believe that these things are people are weirdly fussy yeah yeah you've you've uh you've detailed that a few times yeah sorry <laughs> you said, no i think it's, i think it's great i think it reveals a lot of uh, uh the contemporary american character the way that people behave in ebay <laughs> transactions i think you are correct actually <laughs> a lot of uh Back and forth, uh, minor complaints that uh, escalate into uh, death threats, I assume. Yeah, and, of course. <laughs> and often the return of the of the object to you, but somehow you have ended up paying money yes. instead of getting any. Exactly, exactly. We yeah. have discussed this before, haven't we? Hmm. Well, I think it's just that it's happened to you. Yeah, um, I de- what I decided, because this thing weighs like 55 pounds. It was a huge package. It cost about $150 to ship, and I charged enough for shipping, but I'm just resigned to the idea that I'm going to have to refund all this guy's money and just write it off. Because then I have effectively I've effectively gotten rid of the thing for free? No, I've paid no, money. You'd be out, you'd be to out ship the, it. Yeah, shipping. I'd be yeah. out the shipping, yeah. Um yeah. Anyway, at around the same time I did this, fortuitously, I found a thing at the local uh, reuse shop. Uh, yeah. You know, like a, you know, up, upcycled, recycled. No, upcycled is when you do something to it to increase its value. This is just a building full of old junk. I mm. uh, found a, a junk store or yard. Yeah, a junk store or yard. Yeah. Um, mm. Found this, which is behind me, this uh, four track cassette player that Yamaha built that I didn't even know existed. So. It's, uh, for the time being, taking the place of the, uh, the reel-to-reel tape machine. I can still do my retro-sounding, tapey uh, synthesizer stuff. And I'm um, figuring out how to use it. It works. It was 50, so that's all, 50 one, bucks. that's all one console? Or is that, it looks like a, a lot of things. Well, you're probably looking connected. at some synthesizers and stuff, but it's just this. I don't even know what you oh, can that. see here. That yeah. little, yeah. yeah. It looks, just looks like a cassette deck. Yeah. It's got some guitar pedal sitting yeah. on top of it. Um. And it's uh, like any other cassette tech, except it has four tracks. So I hook it up to a mixer and uh, make some uh, make some tunes. Go to town. Of course, I can do this on a computer without any kind of vintage equipment that will break and will <clears> vex <throat> me. But for some reason, I require this um, this uh, nostalgic connection to my past. Well, you like to do things right. Well, uh, I like <laughs> I like to do things in a certain way, and it's not no. always. Uh, not always the most obvious or convenient or even good way. Yeah. Um, but it's the way. It's the way. Yeah. It's the JRL way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a great segue to my new self-help book. Mm-hmm. One series of lectures that you can listen to on that have been produced on this equipment. Um, <laughs> you're expecting you, a, yeah, you a lecture. To- really, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of clicks and... Clicks and beeps, but uh, it helps you nonetheless. Yeah, the clicks and beeps help you. Am I, am I some kind of ant in this equation? Some sort of, uh, some sort of hive? You, 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 gave, you, you put together a persuasive self-help lecture and a series of, <laughs> of uh, uh, you know, advice and points and questions and workbooks, but then you translated it all into like uh, bit code and 
um, Bitcoin into Polish and <laughs> then back into Latin and then into um, emojis and and then uh, into uh, uh, atonal um, uh, generator. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds right mm-hmm. down my street, actually. You know me so well. Mm-hmm. So, so that's my musical life is. Uh, is heating up. I, I told you last time I'm, I had been working on some country songs with Stephanie, which is on hold while I do more th- more inaccessible, unpleasant music that my <laughs> wife isn't interested in. Like right. uh, there's a like, I've got a witch on horseback EP in the offing mm. called called uh, uh, Clown Lord Imposter. Mm-hmm. Once again, I got all, all the titles were. Um, I, ch- I went to the Wikipedia page for uh, chewing gum, and I just copy copied all the text on it into mm-hmm. um, a neural neural network or like a AI text generator, and uh, and then I scaled it down so that it would give me nonsense words that sounded like they might mean something, and then I got all the mm-hmm. titles from there. What are some others? Uh, the uh, the titles of the songs. Hold on, I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. It's a good good question, Eddie. Um, we were down at uh, Montgomery Distillery last night. Yeah. Uh, me and uh, Justin Taylor, the writer Justin Taylor, the writer your and, your temporary roommate. Right, and we're talking to the uh, the writer bartender uh, Brett Perrier and Parker, friends who work there. And we were trying to. Uh, well, Justin was 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 thinking about uh, a project of uh, that would involve writing about Grateful Dead songs, sure, um, which is a good project. Um, but I thought it might be more fun if they were all made up Grateful Dead songs. <laughs> yeah. And so we we're making up titles and probably coming up with about the same. I kind of want to check to see if there's any overlap. Okay. With, uh, do you do you want to go back and forth? You give me a. Do you have a list in front of you, or do they just off uh, your No, I don't have a list, but I can I can recall the uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, Tuscaloosa Ferris wheel. Sure, <laughs> yeah. one. I could I could hear uh, Jerry Garcia's voice singing that instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a wheel. Yeah, it's like a. That's that sounds like a a, a like a. Like a demo that never made it onto onto American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Here are my titles: um, Aintly Streaver, mm-hmm. Arbacost Bubster Tooth. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Chewillian Whips. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper Happening. That's excellent. Yeah. It's like, like Beat Happening. Pepper Happening is the uh, is the pop song. Mm-hmm. That song, that song was originally called "The Dean Absorbed Disco." Um, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who's we're, we're exchanging tales of uh, academic, um, like uh, academic implosion, uh, mm-hmm. departmental implosion, and there was I can't remember what school this was that um, my friend was talking about, but they had a a grouping of um, a grouping of disciplines that were the result of departments that closed for being too small. They couldn't. No one could be fired because they all had tenure. So they were all in this. Um, they were all in this ac- acronymized program mm-hmm. called Disco, and um, and I said, "What happened to Disco?" And my friend said, "Oh, the Dean absorbed Disco." <laughs> it's a good title, but it didn't fit the rest of the title. So pepper yeah. happening. Uh, Polly yeah. Casanova. Uh, Rommeld, cuties and nerd. Three uh, words. Three words: cuties, Rommel. a Nick Rommeld, a person, cuties, C U D I E S, a nerg, okay, tin capsule, mind baby. <laughs> that's excellent. Oh. That could, that's also a Grateful Dead song. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that could be a Grateful yeah. Dead song. Yeah. Uh, oh well, wait, wait, we get to the end. It's definitely a Grateful mm-hmm. Dead song. The, the next to last one is Wavor Conger thing, and the final one is <laughs> Why Drops. <laughs> Why drops? Yeah, it's the B side of Box of Rain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Titles are so much fun. More fun than the things. Titles are more fun than the things that they are titles of. 
Uh, not, in your, not in the case of this album. Oh, no, which in which it's case? It's a generalization, yeah. Yeah, the songs are, are, are much better. The songs are wonderful. Right. right. No, I agree. I could generate titles all day. I cannot generate uh, novels, stories, and songs no. all day. <laughs> no. You have to generate emotions all day. <laughs> <laughs> regrets. Generate Emotion regrets. Emotion generator, yeah. <laughs> we need that. Wu-Tang emotion generator. <laughs> Uh, so uh the other the other big uh big change in my life is uh my attire that so i've heard i've heard i haven't seen i haven't I, looked on the did i tell you about the uh the, this plan oh you're dressing up yeah i decided i was going to dress up the natty professor exactly that's that's right we mentioned it briefly well let me tell you it's going just fine that's a nice cardigan by the way oh thank you this is I haven't I don't think I've worn this one to work yet. This has been my sort of hanging around the house cardigan. My mom got this for me. But um and it's like a it's of recent vintage, but turns out there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of old cardigans on uh on eBay that are very inexpensive and have never been worn and mm-hmm. uh I I now own a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of to, like to, uh outlandish $20 cardigans. Although yeah. here's something that's shocking to me. Okay. Uh, some eBay sellers are still advertising these as Cosby sweaters. Oh no! Why? No, Why don't. would you do that? You don't want a Cosby sweater, and you, you don't want a Cosby jacket. No, no. I mentioned this on Twitter, and somebody somebody shot back with a bunch of uh, other clothing items that can be associated with serial rapists. I think he said. I think this person said Polanski jacket. Oh, no. No. No, thank you. No, I don't know if Cosby sweater is a selling point, but, I mean, it might be. I think it's just, you know, uh, geometric patterns, colorful geometric patterns on a a knitted sweater. Uh, And some of these, a few of these cardigans uh, do correspond to that. But um, that is not what we think of when we think of Bill Cosby in 2020. Not the first thing. No, not Not the the first first thing. thing. We, We might eventually get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So yeah, I I discovered that um uh that nice clothes are actually pr- pretty cheap. Uh Viet told me to look for these uh J. Crew Ludlow line of suits, which are uh they're fitted the way I like a jacket. Who's your clothing who who's your clothing advisor? Uh Viet Wynn. Our, uh, well-dressed, our, our acquaintance well-dressed vi- gentleman. Exactly. A very well-dressed writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also got some advice from Dylan Hicks, a Twitter friend and, and a Minnesota writer and musician who's very, very well-dressed. Um, and a couple of my colleagues, Aishin and Jeremy, who are – well, you know Aishin. Sure. He always looks good. Anyway, so – but Viet said, check out the these uh, J. Crew suits. You can get them really cheap on eBay, you know, as a closeout. And uh, darned if he's not right. Like a hundred, if you look, you can get one for a hundred bucks. Really nice. I got a really nice. Get the lin, right size. The size came perfect. Perfect. Yeah, didn't have to have any post tailoring, any alterations. No, there's one. One of these uh, internet suits I got, I had. Uh, they they were new, so they had never been hemmed. The pants had never been hemmed, so the waist was good. But I went and um, I went and yeah. got them got them tailored. Uh, internet is, suits is a good title. Yeah. For something. How about the ep- this episode of the podcast? Perhaps. Um, however, I wanted to tell you, uh, I would often click on a suit that looked good and then realize, to my disappointment, but perhaps not yours, that it was a big and tall suit. Ah. And it seems that there are quite a lot of really nice big and tall suits, new um, but at rock bottom prices yeah. of good brands on eBay. And I wonder, how how is your... I was thinking of you because I, we had once had a long conversation about the wonderful big and tall shop in, where was it, Iowa? Oh, City? my goodness. Yeah, well, Des Moines and Iowa City both had phenomenal big and tall stores that were independent, yeah. had their own suppliers, different from anything I'd ever seen before. Yeah, it was going go, shopping for big and tall clothes in Iowa City was like uh, uh, going to Rodeo Drive to, for the latest in fashions. Yeah. Yeah. So, I felt uh, like I'd, I'd taken a glorious trip to Paris or <laughs> Milan. 
Are you still dining out on that trip, or or uh, do you? Uh, what's your what's your shopping habits like lately? I don't think I have any of those. No, I I. Uh, oh well, there's the uh, DXL Destination XL, which you might occasionally see on the edge of yeah. big towns. By the big, it's a small store next to the big boxes. Surprisingly <laughs> small store for such large clothes. I <laughs> uh, found the Dillard's. Uh-huh. Carries uh, adequate, um, adequate big and tall clothes for not so much. Good, but that's about it. I have, I still have ten or fifteen sport coats mm-hmm. and or suit jacket separates uh, that I got when the big and tall store closed in after the Sonics left Seattle. <laughs> yeah, and. It's because all the tall people instantly. in Seattle dis- yeah. disappeared. Well, it was a super nice big and tall store over on in Bellevue, kind of on the rich side of town. And yeah, and I'd been in there once, and there was nothing I could afford because it was it was, there was some pretty fine threads. Sure. Uh, but then, as soon when the Sonics left, it closed. I think you know that afternoon. I think. <laughs> um, and and all of their all their merchandise ended up at. Uh, Prospectors Liquidators in Everett, Washington, uh, which is a, a resale <laughs> shop. Liquidators, pennies on the dollar, and it was. This was like yeah. I was getting like eight hundred dollar jackets for forty dollars. Damn, that's nice. Really nice stuff. You know, it fit perfectly. When I at, at the time. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes they fit a little better. Sometimes they fit a little worse. Yeah. A little worse presently, but. Uh, um, and I never have much excuse to wear them yeah. because I'm not. I don't really have a like a job where <laughs> you have to show up. I mean, even when I'm te- even right now I'm te- I'm fully employed and it's you know two classes a week. Yeah, you know, no need to do that. Well, what what do you what do you wear to class? What do you wear to teach in? Do you look better than the students? Um, <laughs> Awkward. Silence. I look better than the undergraduates. Okay, uh, but I don't think I look better than the grad students. Okay. It's a pretty well dressed bunch of grad students. Yeah, good. That's yeah, good. Pretty, pretty put together grad students. My current crop is pretty casual, but they're cool. Um, yeah. But uh, my my vow this semester, we'll see how we still. Uh, I'll I'll loosen this after the summer, uh, but I will not go. I will not appear on campus without a necktie. Okay. Every single day, whether that's with a suit coat, with a suit, with a cardigan sweater, with a V-neck short sweater. Sleeve, short sleeve shirt? Well, Good. see. Dennis Franz it up a little bit in the summer? This is what's looming ahead. This is, it's, it's, I'm finding it's pretty easy to look cool, to look good, uh, yeah. formal, but a little fancy. Yeah. Uh, in the winter and the spring, when you're wearing long sleeves, but when it's hot, the last couple of weeks might be hot a, a, a necktie with a a necktie with a short sleeve shirt is very it's very hill street blues yeah you know yeah so let's be careful out it's a let's be careful out there look yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, a, exactly. it's a look it's a look that says uh, look out behind you yeah, yeah. cover your bases yeah um, I don't know what to do in that in that case. I think what what grownups do is they suck it up and just wear a lightweight jacket, yeah. um, even though it's 100 degrees and it's not that bad. Because yeah. if you have an undershirt and a lightweight jacket, actually, it's going to keep you kind of cool. Yeah, it's not going to be too bad. Or it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long sleeve shirt with the with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's still that's pretty much a short sleeve shirt. Yeah, but well, still it's still Dennis France. Still. <laughs> It's still little Dennis friends. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I think you, I think you, you, when it, there's a, at a certain temperature and uh, uh, humidity and nearness to the end of the a semester, you can go from always being the guy with the necktie to um, uh, uh, to a Hawaiian shirt. I've got a few. Yeah. Presently, I only wear them at the Jersey Shore. I think a Hawaiian shirt or a Gaiabera. Uh-huh. For somebody who is known to be dressing up, look just because you've you've banked a lot of clothing goodwill, and <laughs> people know that that oh this is his this is his nice thing for today, even though it's 
Ocean Pacific. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know what a guy bear was, but now I'm looking at pictures of them, of course. So like That's a shirt, a shirt you don't tuck it in. It's got a square no. square hem. You're right. Maybe it's, a little... It's, it's formal workwear in some places. Um. Oh, this here's a nice one that's got these. So most of these are plain, um, yeah. One co- one color, but some of them have in this kind of uh, ruffled ruffled stripes. Ruffled uh, stripes with usually print, four with print on them, like some mm-hmm. palm leaves or something. Look at this. It's mm-hmm. only this is this shirt is only ten dollars. Mm-hmm. We're gonna bookmark that. I think I think a guy Barra would. Yeah. Uh, you know, towards the during the hot days would be permissible. Okay, okay, and I could pair it with my Panama hat. And they look nice, and they um, they, they they feel great. They're good for hot weather. All right, all right, this is good. I'm gonna I'm gonna link to. Uh, why is it on Wikipedia? Surely there should be a. There we go, Gaiabera. <laughs> it's for the picking of guava, the so guayaba. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Distinguished by two vertical rows of closely sewn pleats running the length of the front and back of the mm-hmm. shirt. This yeah. would be in Break. like the you'd you, Dennis Franz would wear this in the Ecuadorian uh, edition of Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like it. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. good. Well, there, I have to tell you, there's one. Th- there's there's one hazard has appeared from this this rash of um, well, actually rash is the appropriate word because I'm about to talk oh, no. about a rash I got uh, mm-hmm. this rash of uh, inexpensive shirt buying most of them are either vintage or um, closeout or lightly used mm-hmm. but one, I got one new shirt from Alibaba the the you know the mm-hmm. the global uh, shopping site yeah the other Amazon yeah the other Amazon it was like 10 bucks Um, because it has a really cool it's got a really cool like uh, I've never seen anything quite like it it's like a embroidery on the collar around the center of the collar that happened to match a sweater I had so they went really nice together here's the problem though I wore it without first washing it you got scabies and I got I think there must have been some chemical used in making it that my skin reacted to because where the exact spots that my uh, satchel like my messenger mm-hmm. bag yeah strap rests on that is like my upper left chest and shoulder mm-hmm. broke out in this um intense it's very much like poison ivy mm-hmm. um and this was t- t- a week and a half ago and it's still killing me it's um, really it's going away now um my did you talk to a nurse about it? I, I, the my household medical professional uh, said mm-hmm. that she thought she gave me some cream and said that uh, it's it looked because it was starting to scab up, even though it felt really itchy and painful right now. That that meant that mm-hmm. it was uh, it was beginning to shrink, so it was beginning to go away. So I think it's going to be fine. But my recommendation is, uh, if you buy mm-hmm. a uh, ten dollars shirt that is being drop shipped to you. Uh, yeah. You should probably wash it before wash you wear it. it. Yeah, you should wash that shirt. Wash your clothes. Yeah. Yeah, you should wash. Even I think that's true for if you get a shirt from JCPenney's or Target or something, you should yeah. wash it first because yeah. you don't know. Yeah. I had, a, I had a, a, some aunt or somebody who was very uh, alert to scabies from, <laughs> yeah. from, uh, from clothing. Sure. Mm-hmm. What, how did the uh, how did she come to be alert to scabies? She probably saw it on the internet. It was probably <laughs> sure, probably in her Facebook feed or something. It was the mesothelioma of her day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was only like ten years ago. This oh. is not like a lore from the prairie. <laughs> not prairie lore. <laughs> is that one of the uh, one of the Grateful Dead alternate titles? Yeah, prairie lore of the prairie. Lore of the prairie. Yeah. Along with the uh, Howl of the Wendigo, I thought would be a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, uh, tie clips. Cause oh, I like a tie clip. Stephanie and I have been continuing to rewatch uh, Mad Men on Sunday nights. We're almost done, sadly. We're on the final season. Mm-hmm. Does it and turn out well? 
<laughs> you know, it's very uh, uh, in most ways. I'm enjoying it more the second time around. There's, I'm noticing more, and um, hugely enjoying it. I think it holds up great. Yeah, the uh, British guy probably has a happy ending, right? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine with him. Jared Harris, yeah, yeah. He, God, he's good. Did you? He was on. Uh, he was briefly on oh, the, the the Crown, and he was briefly on um, uh, the science fiction show The Expanse for like half and a season. The, the first season of The Terror. Oh, that's right. I still haven't watched The Terror, which is great. Yeah. I, Both seasons of the Terror are fantastic. Well, we we need new we need a new show for Sunday nights. That might not. I don't think she'd be into it though. The title alone suggests that it's not what she needs on a Sunday night, which is too relaxed to see, watch something that is intelligent uh, and absorbing, uh, but not <laughs> to, not not horrifying. <laughs> well. It's called the Terror because the ship is called the Terror. It's the story of the Terror and the Erebus that get lost in the Northwest Passage. Oh, but everything turns out okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it turns out great. So the um, the ship gets stuck in the ice. The ships get stuck in the ice, and they go to one, and then there's like a polar bear attack, and and then, but they all get off the boat fine, and they and they have it's only like five or six hundred miles through the Arctic oh. to like a little village. Okay. And uh, none of them make it. Oh, okay. So that's okay. All right. Thanks for the information. I for for forewarned us. Well, that's that's what happened in history. The um, the television show has its own uh, take on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll watch Jared Harris be killed by anything. Uh, He. I feel like he. He's not killed by anything. (laughs) Okay. He actually survives, but he doesn't want anybody to know. Okay. Why are you spoiling the series for me? Oh, because you were going to—you know, I don't really not going to watch it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to watch. I'm totally going to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, but I'll tell you what else you should watch if you want some laughs. Eventually, I'll watch all the good shows. Ed. Yeah. Well, the best show, television, the best show on television, probably (laughs) Uh ever, is on Adult Swim, and it's called Joe Para Talks to You. Oh. Okay. Fifteen-minute bits set in the Upper Peninsula. Okay. Michigan. Joe Para is a grandfatherly young man. <laughs> okay. Who wants to uh, tell the viewer in sort of mockumentary style um, all the the wonderful things about life in general, okay. but uh, Upper Peninsula specific. All right. Good. Oh, great. I definitely want to see this. Yeah. So it's um, it's on Adult Swim. Where where does a person without cable watch that? Can you just look at it right right online? Probably. It looks like you can. Probably. Yeah. yeah. There's videos. It's showing you the videos. Okay. Yeah. This is great, actually. Um, so para. This yeah. might be right down our street. This look. This guy looks like he could be brother to uh, to Mayor Pete. Yeah. The same sort of uh, um, gosh darn it optimism. Sure. Despite all of the evidence amassing around him. <laughs> okay, so I'm not I'm not a big fan of the guy. I think he's fine. I think if he ended up being president it would be fine. People seem to not like but him because he's not Bernie Sanders. He's definitely not Bernie Sanders, but yeah. um I'm I am taken aback by the I have him muted on all it somehow it gets through the mute though. Anyway, I I I don't understand people's profound deep enmity from Mayor Pete. He, I just Which has just started in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think that people's positions are hardening. It makes me like him more. Um, yeah, I, I think he's fine. I feel like he, when he first started the campaign, he was, he started campaigning as a progressive, but I think his, he made a strategic decision to try to be the alternative to Biden. And I think he correctly assumed that Biden would start to fade. I think Biden's weak, and I, I don't think... I don't think he's, he's a weak, weak human now, being. I think still, he's a weak candidate. Yeah, I do too. But there's still a lot of time left. Yeah. But anyway, um, but uh, so I don't particularly want Mayor Pete to be president, but I think he would be an honorable, uh, an honorable president and uh, not, not, great. not horrible and, and corrupt and uh, angry and mean. No, he'd be great. Uh, but he, you know, I prefer a progressive, but come on, everybody. Anyway, not to talk about that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd still take this Yankee candle or this 
tube of clo chlor clotrimazole for president. <laughs> this uh, half full bag of uh, drapery tax. <laughs> I think would acquit itself more more admirably. Yeah, probably. In an executive um, on, position. Only because the drapery tax have no agency whatsoever and would do literally nothing, which would be a huge improvement over our It'd current situation. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, speaking of television, and by, and I am serious, I will watch The Terror because I, I love the shows. I'll watch all the shows. I think you'll like it. It's well written. Yeah. Um, the uh, Tony the, Toast writes on it. Oh, does he really? I don't know if he wrote on the first season. He wrote the second season, produced the second season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, it looks like my, I just got some emails. My in-laws are, are rather texting me links to, uh, go see Jackson Brown. Don't do that. <laughs> and why not? Because it won't make you happy. Although I'll say that, that last night I was listening to, uh, a few cuts from the album for every man. I think that's the name of it. Yeah. Um, Including uh, my redneck friend, which is catchy, and uh, and these days, which he wrote. Oh yeah, the most you know known for the Nico, the haunting Nico um, recording of oh, it. Oh yeah, he wrote it. He wrote it for Nico, um, but it, he wrote it himself at seventeen. So, w is it worth going back and listening to this album? I would listen. I would give f uh, for every man one listen. And then you can just sort of nod your head and feel like I, okay, I have done it. I I, to, I told uh, I told my mother in law that I like Lawyers in Love once, and she was very she was tickled by this, and she's mm -hmm. she's a big fan of Jackson Brown, and yeah. uh, um, also Todd Rundgren, uh, a lot of the a lot of the singer songwriter, like uh, you know Loggins and Messina, a lot of the uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty hip for mother-in-law. Yeah. No, no, she's yeah. a, she. You know, she's a, yeah. she's a very musical lady. She used to she used to sing in a band, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, she knows she knows all the songs. Yeah, a little um, Carol King, a little uh, oh, yeah, well, ever Judy you know. Collins. Yeah, sure. A little Hel Helen Reddy, Joan Armatrading. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Don't go <laughs> ready on me. <laughs> there, was, there was that. Uh, what's it's that? ready time. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Um, there's a. You just reminded me of a, of a Zappa lyric. Hold on. That stuck with me all these years. Oh, it's a. Uh, In a load of string beans from Utah. <laughs> um, the song is. Uh, Honey, don't you want a man like me? I think. Is that the name of the song? Yeah, honey, don't you want a man like me? Um, she was an office girl. My name is Betty. Her favorite group was Helen Reddy. <laughs> that's good. That, yeah. That's a good heroic couplet. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, good. what was I saying? Oh, oh I yeah. got to tell you, I got one more music thing. Yeah. So I was watching, and this is another TV recommendation. Uh, Please, uh, uh, the righteous gemstones. Oh yeah, an HBO program. You actually mentioned that last time, and it is, okay. it is also well. It's so great. Yeah, it's so great. But there was a song in it that I I didn't. I it was it was catchy. I didn't know it. It sounded a little, um, like a more cocainey Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I tracked it down, and uh, the song was called Smokies, and it's by a band called Barefoot Jerry that I had never heard of. Um, in all of my crate digging and in, in music efficient inning. Um, and they were a Nashville rock band of the 70s, yeah. studio musicians, mostly for country music, uh, that Dylan hired to, to be on Blonde on Blonde. Yeah. And they got high, and then they created Barefoot Jerry. And it's kind of country prog. We I know this song because we talked about it last time. Did we talk about it last time? Yeah, it's it on seems the like it's so long ago. Yeah, and this is so fresh to me still. It's great. I'm it I'm listening to it right now. I don't know why. It's I also a great it. production. 
with the two yeah. acoustic guitars, big acoustic guitars on the left yeah. and right channels. Well, so, so that's, that's the song. I think since then, though, I've gone deeper into my, my research on uh, Barefoot Jerry. So, the, so they Scott. were, the, you're saying they were the Blonde on Blonde band? Those weren't they just, were. Those weren't just session guys? They were session guys. Yeah. They, they went and recorded there. So it's, it's like Al Cooper and... Oh, all right. Guitarist. But then these Nashville studio guys who had, who had played on everything... Um, Wayne Moss is the main guy mm-hmm. who played guitar on uh, Orbison's Pretty Woman. Um, still alive. That's, I mean, he's done everything. That's maybe, he, has a, he has a little garage studio called Cinderella Studios. Still today? Still today. You could go cut an album at Cinderella no Studios. Um, and I just kind of watch these interviews with him. And he is, uh, there's no one in the history of rock and roll like Wayne Moss. He has the secret, um, the, the the secret uh, figure of, of of American music and the popular. Oh, and Ken, Kenny Buttry was the jump the drummer. Yeah, he was on. He's on like tons of great uh, albums from yeah. that era. So they had a they had a, a band called Area Code Six Fifteen is what they started. <laughs> um, that w- started out as kind of instrumentals of country music and then got a little stonier and a little more early seventies. Yeah, and then I think somebody died and then they became Barefoot Jerry with five or six weird albums. I think just made by these guys in their little you know studio where like. Uh, I think the Steve Miller band recorded there, uh, Kiss recorded there. Damn. But I think they just became little kind of, you know, mailbox money stoners uh, amusing themselves um, and just sort of uh, progging out. Wow. The I, 70s. Mm-hmm. Is there a, uh, like, have you, have you made your way through a whole, a whole record? Yeah. Yeah. I need to, I need to get my hands on some actual physical copies of them, but. Yeah, maybe um, I'll walk over to the to uh, Angry Mom and and see if I can pick up one of these. There's a bunch I, of them, and there's a bunch of Area Code Six Fifteen albums too, which are there's an are, a, there's a double LP called uh, Grocery that is uh, the first two records um, reissued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah, a great song called uh, Blood is Not the Answer. Because uh, there's a little bit of there's, a, there's I think this is one there's a little bit of stoner joy, but also uh, Christian shame. <laughs> all of yeah, this. sure. So I think we're, we're we're the forces kind of <laughs> creating the tension that uh, animated them. A little less Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. But some good shugling. Oh, there's good a shugling. whole whole bunch of co- copies of Barefoot Jerry's Grocery uh, up on uh, on Discogs. Um, mm-hmm. Great, uh, great cover too, because it's got an old, uh, old sign, mm-hmm. old, old hand painted sign that's that's uh, crumbling, which is yeah. a thing, uh, which is a thing your boy likes. Yeah, there's a lot to like about Barefoot Jerry. Yeah, um, but so this is this is all coming out of the TV conversation. Uh, we we watched just in the space of a couple days uh, the Mandalorian. The- I watched some of it. I gotta say, I like it a lot. I think it sagged a little in the middle episodes, but the it's finished strong. You sound like you have some uh, you have some complaints. Um, I watched a couple of it, liked it, kind of like the humor of it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. It's got a lot of comedians yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the first person you see is Horatio Sands. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but. I thought it was a little plotting, and I didn't want to watch all of it. Okay, that's that's acceptable. kind of monotone. I think it's the dramatically sec- monotone. The second best Star Wars of 2019. The best Star Wars of 2019 was uh, Jedi Fallen Order, a video game. Mm-hmm. Far and away the best story and characters, and then The Mandalorian, and then mm. the movie. We don't need to talk about the movie. No, we don't. We don't need yeah. to talk. I think the movie is called Star Wars Godfather 3. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's enough Enough said about that. Yeah. Um, how is your uh, – oh, you do you have something to say? 
Oh, I was just wondering if if you were aware of the. Uh, um, oh, I forgot the name of it, so I'm going to move on. Mm. It's a pretend script for Grown Ups Three. Grown Ups Three. So the Grown Ups is a, uh, there's a couple of movies. It's like Adam Sandler and Chris Rock and I don't know some of those people. Terrible movies <laughs> that did well. And then uh, Tom Sharpling uh, put up on the internet a, his script for a uh, Grown Ups 3. Wait, a commission um, script or one who oh, just no, did no, for the no, hell of no. it? Just for the hell of it. And uh, it's not uh, – you couldn't make this movie. <laughs> I, a, I, got, I found an yeah. article on Vulture about it and it says, to be clear, no one, no one asked him to write this. <laughs> Most of all, not Sandler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a quick read, um, but it's a full. It's uh, it's good writing. One of the stranger texts I've encountered. So, what's the ch- what are the chances of someone? What's the chances that someone makes the damn movie? Oh, zero. But what people are doing is they're doing uh, stage readings of it. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, I would yeah. love to attend that. Yeah. All right. He's. You know. Do, do you ever listen to the best show? Yes. I couldn't get into it, I think, because I jumped in and it has so many, like, familiar characters and tropes and, t- like, a tone that yeah. I felt alienated by it. Felt excluded. Yeah, yeah. simply because yeah. You, they were having such a good time. They, they'd clearly been having a very good time without me for a very long time. Yeah, they didn't need you. They didn't need me. So yeah. um, uh, I kind of felt the same way. I would have felt the same way with the Flophouse, the the move, bad movie podcast that I like, um, if I hadn't started literally the first episode and yeah. when the sound quality was terrible, and um, just stuck with it and yeah. made friends with these people ten years ago, and then over the course of a month followed them up to the present day. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to do that with the best show. So if I wanted to get into the best show, how would I start? I'll just listen to it. It comes out every week. There okay. is. Uh, um... Uh, there are, you know, fifteen-year-long threads, but not that many of them really. It's it's a, uh, it's kind of uh, it's like it's like Ashbury. You just sort of dip into it. <laughs> okay, that's a good way of thinking about it's it. It's like Ashbury. <laughs> yeah, you dip into it. It's pretty ama- uh, pretty amusing. Hard to explain. Uh, companionable. Uh, a little um, a little cranky. Okay. And, uh, I mean, mostly it's. I mean, the 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 highlight is is almost every week he does a, you know, fifteen or thirty minute bit with John Worcester, mm-hmm. which is, um, which is high comedy. Does Worcester play the same character each time? No, he calls in because it's a phone in show, uh-huh. so he just calls in at some point. Um, and all the, the calls are, you know, nothing's scripted except the the worst the Worcester, Sharpling Worcester call is uh, planned out. Yeah. Um, and it's in, you know, there are some recurring characters, usually um, a rock nerd of some kind, a terrible person. <laughs> of, course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm, I'll, maybe I'll give it a, I'm going to watch the terror and listen to the best show at the yeah. same time. You can listen, they, they put out the best show bests, which are, I think, just the, uh, the Worcester calls. Okay. You can listen to that. That's fine. So, um, uh, remember, uh, I I told you privately a while back yeah. that confidentially uh, that uh, my child was uh, transitioning, and uh, I'm I'm happy to say that she has gone uh, she's gone gone public with it. Uh, That's right. That's the, right. The entity formerly known as Owen Lennon is now Katrina Carpenter. It's a fantastic name, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. the Katrina. I'm not sure where she got it. Um, I think she she says she likes cats and would like to be called cat. <laughs> so we've been calling her cat. Um, yeah. And the carpenter came from Karen Carpenter, who mm. she is or has been quietly interested in for a while. Um, and uh, the lady is excited and happy. Although <laughs> I got a call from her. She's, she drives a – well, until now has driven – Oh, no. A, <laughs> Has driven a '90s Volvo a station wagon, uh-huh. um, which uh, which we've all called the Twizzler because it's it's long and red. And um, uh, it, there's always something going wrong with it, of course. 
mm-hmm. um, and the, the fen, you know, the fenders were held on by, um, by, uh, zip strips and, and, uh, and gaffer tape. Um, and we had a huge snowstorm the other day. So there's like a foot of snow on the ground right now here in Ithaca. And, um, uh, Katrina lives, uh, out in Alice Hollow with a mother, um, in the country. And so they, you know, they have a long driveway and they got to pay somebody to plow it. It's a big pain in the ass. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, (laughs) Katrina wanted to come downtown and was determined to make it out of the driveway, ended up getting stuck, was revving the engine of the car. Um, and the, the engine began to smoke. Oh no. So she got, uh, nervous, got out of the car came in, yeah. indoors and called me while looking out the window and said, oh, the guy made a mistake. I, you know, I think I broke the car. It's smoking. I don't know. What should I do? Um, and then I said, oh, well, you know, just wait till tomorrow and then just have somebody tow it. And and, yeah. and she's like, oh, wait, I think. It caught fire, didn't I it? I think it's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and then she said, yeah, it's on fire. Yeah. That's so good the, instant getting out of the car. Yeah. Um, the so the she called the fire department. They came and put out the fire. Um, managed to save her compact discs from the car. But I feel like it's a blessing in disguise. It has the 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 decision of whether to keep the car or not has now been made. Yeah. No, that car went out a warrior. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't just like oh, it's not starting. Oh, you know, it costs more to fix it. It ran into a snowbank and blew up. Yep. Yeah. He, um, she. I'm still getting used to the pronouns. She, um, uh, she felt. I think she felt bad about it, like she had caused this to happen. But I'm not sure that, however, whatever one does to harm their car, they're really not supposed to burn up. Shouldn't burn. It is no, not one's fault when one's car no. catches fire. Yeah. Yeah. Books burn. Manuscripts. Um, you got something on your mind there, buddy? I was just thinking, I was thinking of the <laughs> Bulgakov slogan: uh, "Manuscripts don't burn, but Volvos do." <laughs> yeah. You think it was the seat warmers? Seat warmers got too hot. Um, it's well, since the since she was revving the engine and the engine began to smoke, probably not. But I have definitely heard of the seat warmers going haywire. You get a short down there, and suddenly the the you know the yeah. stuffing catches. And they get they get pretty flames. hot. Yeah, uh, there's somebody's car is going off. Let me make sure it's not mine. Go ahead. Not mine. Oh, good. Oh, good. Car alarm, not car. Right. So, uh, new car in the. In I the I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm thinking probably a, like a four wheel drive Subaru would probably do her well. Yeah. She's planning a um I'll you know when it actually happens I'll talk about it on the podcast and also on the internet but um she's planning a tour of for her electronic music motorcycles pop act motorcycles um and uh I think maybe would like a, a reliable car to uh drive around uh mm-hmm. in while on the tour so mm-hmm. from city to city from city to city exactly loading and unloading <laughs> packing and unpacking mm-hmm. <laughs> down the that's town, right. up and down the that's dial. A, that's the story. Yeah, man, I love that show. It was a good show. It was a real good show. Um. So, uh, so yeah, she, great. I think she's in she's in good spirits and uh, is planning making, a tour, making music, planning, planning a tour, making music, learning to be a lady. Yeah, it's it's noble work. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, and I still I, w- I really want to um since both of us are doing instrumental electronic music right now. It's we've both done it done this kind of music from time to time uh throughout our lives together but have never really been into the exact same thing at the same time. So I think we need to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And I keep I keep floating the idea, but um we haven't gotten serious about it. But I think that What would you, what would you say is the distinction between your approaches? Well, here's the thing. I I had been mostly doing sort of abstract ambient type stuff, um, with a maybe with maybe some frantic beats, like a little a little bit of EDM flavor, a little trip hop sort of thing. Um, by the way, I was I, my in laws were here last week, and um, 
I was trying to explain the kind of music I'm making these days. That my my mother in law is a fan of the Starry Mountain Sweetheart Band because she likes a tuneful tuneful yeah. uh, rock or pop song. Yeah. Um, but so now, but at the moment, I'm doing this kind of obscure, squirrely stuff. And uh, she was asking me to explain the genre of music, and I said, "Well, it's a little, you know, it's a little bit of ambient. It's a it's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that." And um, they just they just stared. They thought I was joking. They're, they're like these don't, these aren't real genres. These don't exist. And I was like, no, seriously, a little vaporwave. Yes, yeah, little... I said vaporwave. A little vaporwave. Come on, come on. <laughs> I think ultimately uh, she was delighted by the ridiculousness of of the subgenres. But there are a lot of them in electronic music. Um, yeah. The less is at stake, the more hair splitting uh, things right. become. So anyway, right. um, and so. And she had been doing a more pop thing, um, sort of synth pop. Uh, w- for a while, she was just using the Casio MT65, which is a probably the, the, the last great all-analog home keyboard, mini home keyboard. Um, it's still one of my all-time favorites, and we both have, this, uh, have a copy of it. Um, but now, this thing that I, I'm putting out now is more poppy. It's still instrumental. And she has, her current stuff mostly doesn't have lyrics. So mm-hmm. we're kind of in, inadvertently uh, yeah. drifting towards one another. So I think we need yeah. to, I think we need to start a new act, if not an entire new genre. Yeah. Yeah. Mind swap. Yeah. Mind swap mm-hmm. could be the name of the act. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, so I was on sabbatical for quite some time. And, right. um, I just I was just uh for a couple of reasons I had to update my CV both for work and for my publisher and I didn't do much in the past year. I think I did a lot of revision, which is not nothing, but not not a whole lot of new publications. A couple of book reviews, a couple of stories. Um what, what, what do they want from you? Well, they they don't want anything particular. So I'm I'm judging yeah. myself here. Um, yeah. But I was looking back, you know, in t- 2018, 2019, I published tons of little tiny things here and there. Um, and I kind of like that. But uh, anyway, I, I realized you put that out all your, you, you uh, converted all your ebooks, everything. So your work is now available. Yeah, that was widely. important to me. Yeah. I don't know. And that's how, probably time consuming. I don't know how impressive it is to my, uh, my academic department, but it was important to me and I'm glad it's done. It's, it's not that I didn't do anything. It's that like making a new thing and putting it out there uh, mm-hmm. happened a couple of times, but yeah. uh, fewer and further between than I like. So, but I realized uh, the second I started, uh, second I started back at teaching, I, suddenly I just couldn't. I I had all the, all these short story ideas. I have like four things going on at once now, and uh, I do have time enough to work on them. I'm. It's not yeah. like my schedule is punishing, but um, yeah. I think I... Yeah, I find the more busier I am, the more creative I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is true of me, too. I'm, I I think this is the year, uh, this past year is the year that I mastered leisure. <laughs> I'm actually capable of not doing much yeah. without yeah. losing my shit. So, um, yeah. so I, I have no regrets, uh, but... Uh, I did uh, did not get any really great ideas until school started. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I've been uh uh writing two, three, four poems a day Whoa. for the last for the last month. Are you doing them mostly in Missoula or yeah. mostly in Portland? I'm sitting here at my desk and not doing anything else until I've written three poems, three drafts of poems. Actually finished them, finishing them too. Really, and yeah. I'll probably revisit them later, but I'm not dwelling on them. Yeah, and that feels manic. Yeah, the last time you said you were doing something like this was back in the uh, "To Keep Us All Crisp" era. You were writing tons of poems then too. Yeah, we'll see. I think I'm trying to figure out some new thing. A new approach, and mm-hmm. I'm having to um, uh, do a lot of peeling to get to it, to get to the center of the carrot. Peeling. A lot of peeling, yeah. Yeah, feels like peeling, peeling potatoes. Yeah. 
KP duty. What are you going to do the, in, when you get to the center of the carrot? I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've been, uh, uh, so uh, after my, probably before, actually probably for the last couple of years, my blood pressure has been getting uh, really elevated. Oh. And I think I think losing my father and yeah. all the instability for the week, it was like uh, I went into the ER for uh, or urgent care for a bad cold in the beginning of January. Really? It was a very bad cold. I, mean, I had it for like three weeks. Maybe it was the flu. Yeah, I, was I didn't have say. a fever though. I didn't have a fever though, so okay. it was the cold. Um, or Jill said he, well, you should you know go in and get some <laughs> medication. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know whatever it was, but I went in and, and the, like my blood pressure was like two hundred and twenty or something like that. Something really insane. And like I did an EKG because they wanted to make sure that I wasn't having an active heart attack like on Jesus under their watch. Christ. You know. Yeah. Uh, so they gave me some some medicine, and then I went to my regular doctor, and he gave me some more medicine. Um, and I've got it down, like three weeks of that, and okay, it's it's down to like it's very low, you know, it's fine, mm-hmm. that's manageable, and and covered. But he also said, you know, try a low salt diet. Oh, and so I I've been uh, the desalinating you know, intentionally desalinating. Yeah. Um. So a lot of vegetables, a lot of roasted vegetables, yeah. carrots, for example, rutabagas. Tell you what you do. You get, you get a roasting pan, yep. a little olive oil, mm-hmm. some Mrs. Dash. Ah. Mrs. Dash, no salt. Okay. Right? Salt substitute. Spice. And uh, like th- chop up you know, some potatoes and onions, but then like some fennel, yeah. uh, some poblano peppers, a rutabaga, a turnip, whatever you got. Beets. I'm a big fan of doing this with um, uh, slicing like grape tomatoes in half. Yeah, blackening the the outside of them. Oh, there you go. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's good. So you're just making yourself a big old pan of vegetables. Big pan of vegetables all the time, yeah. and also uh, almost almost every day because because uh, Justin's here and we we kind of have the same schedule, but you know we're kind of pooling resources, trying to save money. And uh, so doing a lot of uh, crock pot work. Yeah. A lot of slow cookery. Yeah, yeah. So that I uh, throw it in in the morning, and then like whenever somebody gets home, there's some food that's warm and low in salt. Good stuff. So a lot of roasts, uh, chicken roasts, uh, beans, a lot of beans. Mm-hmm. Soak some lima beans or some red beans. Not to put a ham hock in it. That's very hard. Not to put a ham hock in yeah. with beans, but uh, just fine by themselves. Yeah. It's hard to go out. Sounds... It's hard to go out. It's hard to go to a restaurant or when you when you have when you can't eat much salt. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Not many. Uh, it's, everything is salt. You go out in the world and they start throwing salt at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that. Yeah. I, I put too much. Um... I made some so I had a really satis this is in theory a very satisfying um food morning. Mm-hmm. Uh because we're almost out of eggs. We've got mm-hmm. uh some locks that we thawed the in laws brought. We had to eat the locks because we thawed it. We don't really, once you thaw the locks, you don't want it to sit around for too long. Yeah. Almost out of bread. I had yeah. one shallot. You know. Yeah. And realize that this was, we've got a perfect breakfast here when you get down mm-hmm. to it. So, a shallot, scrambled, some locks. four eggs left, scrambled up the eggs, a mm-hmm. uh, little salt and pepper. It would have been the right amount of salt if there were no locks. But then I chopped up the locks, I threw it in the eggs, did not realize how that the locks were already more, salt. more than salty enough. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, um, Toasted the toast. Had a had yeah. a you know fr- I had fried up the uh, you know minced and then fried up the uh, you know sautéed the shallot first mm-hmm. and then scrambled it all with the twenty seconds off twenty seconds on uh, method uh, yeah. stirring constantly. Everything was perfect except it was too damn salty. Too salty. Ate it anyway. It was very good, but that was um, good. Yeah. yeah. But the world throws salt at you, man. You're right. Throws salt at you. Some of it is uh, people throwing salt over their shoulders for good luck, and it's not aimed at you. You just happen to be in their good luck spray. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, lucky you, I guess, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of that luck rubs off, but it, it also rubs um, the wrong way. Yeah. It rubs yeah. off the wrong way. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you were being attentive to your uh to your health. I think when yeah. spending a lot of time alone in winter uh and uh you know, the one is tempted to eat uh convenience food which is invariably too salty. Yeah. Go down to the Grizzly Grocery, get some salt and vinegar <laughs> chips. <laughs> no. And uh salt Gatorade and uh yeah, no, not not really doing that. Oh, doing Tim that. Tim's Cascade. Tim's salt, Cascades. Salt and vinegar chips. And the Grizz Grosh. God mm-hmm. damn, those things are good. And they're, they, good. they'll, you'll just There's pack, one that's pack on the pounds. Jalapeno. Yeah. yeah. I think I was in your apartment the other night. My old apartment? And <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. We went over to Malena's, yeah. Malena Morling. Oh, that's right. I uh, had us over for uh, the, all the visiting writers over. Um, and she wasn't sure, but she thought it was the same apartment it, that you had. It very well might have been. Because because there's a table that had a um, like a glass top, you could remove the glass <laughs> yes! top, and she remembered it being full of, of uh, Lego. Legos. Yeah. Yep. And uh, she said, "Well, maybe every apartment has this, but this seems this looks. I think this is the same one. Yeah. It was 17 years. That was so. boy. Do I have the intensest memories of that living room? Um, yeah. And uh, th- yeah, we had this table had a it was a drawer, so you could see. I think you could pull out the drawer and then you yeah. could see down what to what was in the drawer. And we got right. – um, I just bought a bunch of Legos, like a big set of Legos on uh, eBay, used Lego. We found, found – it, it also came with a couple of Band-Aids in there. <laughs> oh, no. Because, you know, you got to take the Band-Aids with the Legos. Sharp edges, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, – <laughs> But only the very fondest memories of just put, putting on putting on Rugrats and uh, putting the kids in front of the Lego and just letting them go for it. It was great. Yeah, it's pretty it good. Was great. I wish I could have been there. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, fond fond memories of those four months. Yeah, had some nice pasta. Yeah, very good. Nice pasta. But we've got so it's uh, it's all the whole department's just visiting people. So it's me and Justin. Uh huh. Malena and uh, Maria Bertino, Maria Helena, yeah, Bertino. Um, and it's a and good after spot. we after we talked about her, she and I uh, contacted each other on uh, on Twitter. Oh, very good, very good. Seems like a good lady. Yeah, good people, good people. Um, you going to uh, you going to Texas for the associ- Associated Writing Program? Correct conference. I am. <laughs> I'll be uh, uh, tabling for Electric Literature. Oh, good. And for um, Idlewild. Great. And signing books Friday afternoon at Copper Canyon Table. Great. I have my books coming out. That'll be the first appearance of it. What is and this then, uh, pub day? Big reading Saturday night. Great. Saturday night of at an offsite. We're having a Copper Canyon. Here are the new books event. That sounds Travelers so leaving great. for the city. Pub dates May. So these will be some advanced copies and then I don't know when the rest of them will be out. Well, let's see. Is there, is this, um, AWP Copper Canyon, a reading by Copper Canyon poets. Yeah. Uh, I will link to this. Oh no, you're the, you're not on this list. This was 2014. Oh no. Why is that the first thing that comes up? That's bad. Here we go. AWP 2020. Mm-hmm. Copper Canyon. Date. March 5. We've got... Oh, a tribute to Merwin. That's not it. Though no, that sounds it. lovely. Yeah. Why don't I just put AWP Copper Canyon 2020 Skoog. There we go. Big, beautiful Copper Canyon book release great this looks like a great uh great lineup and i'll link to this in the notes um well, thank you yeah i good. see that uh victoria chang also has a book coming out Is, isn't she uh, also going to be at idlewild she will be at idlewild yeah this right. i don't think we've Obit. met but it's i'm great. looking forward to that no I, she's fantastic i was just tweeting about um the uh the idlewild week and uh just sort of screenshotted the list of guests and that's some some ambient really it's going to be fun it's a great list. We've got Amy Bender. 
Mm-hmm. Lou Tran, you. Carl, Alice Bowen. Alice Bowen, Carl Phillips. Carl Phillips, Tommy Pico. Mm-hmm. Victoria Chang. Diane Seuss. These are good writers. Ismail Muhammad. I'm, I'm honored to be among them. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be just running. I'm not going to do a workshop. I'm going to be running a thing we're doing for the first time this year called Writing Lab. Yeah. Which is an, an hour after lunch um, before the afternoon talks um, with uh, uh, sort of writing challenges and um, laboratory um, work. I don't know. Something fun every day that I'm going to do um, for that people sounds, who want to come to it. Sounds great. Um, mm-hmm. Registration is open. And the fellowship applications, I think we still have another week. I think you have until the 15th or the 18th uh, to apply for one of our six fellowships, okay. which covers most of it, everything except for transportation. I am now linking to it. If anyone is interested in coming to uh, Writer's Week at Idlewild Arts, uh, registration mm-hmm. is op- indeed open. I'll, it's, I can do it on this page. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, it's going to be fun. What is John it, in California. First week of July. California John. Yeah, California yeah. John. Yeah, so the week after the 4th of July. Why wouldn't you want to hobnob on a California mountaintop with this group of fine writers? It's a good hobnobbery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bald knob hobnobbery. Bald knob's a name for a mountain, right? It's an Ozark sure. thing. The bald knobbers. Yeah, and it's also a. Um, it's also hobnobbing f- with the bald knobbers. It's a. Uh, it's a famous uh, uh, Grateful Dead song as well. The bald knob hobnobbery. It's a deep cut. Yeah. They only did it once. They did it at, uh, but I think they did it at, at, at Ithaca. They did it in, at Cornell. They may have. Might in might be great, on that famous Cornell live yeah. recording. I think it kicks off with uh, bald knobbers. Yeah. And then uh, Sugar Plum uh, uh, Ecuador and um, uh, Coffee Sack and uh, Painting Window. Sure. Coffee Sack and Painting Window. Block Shuffle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Keep on, keep on titling. Uh, microphone boogaloo. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I want to get going. The reason is Stephanie's got the, the the fire going out there, which means that the the room that the thermostat is in is warm. So the um, rest of the house. So the furnace oh. is not kicking on. Very good. So I'm I'm shivering out here in my office, which used to be a porch. I think years ago. Yeah. When the house was made, it still has a bit. It's a bit porchy still. It's a ghost I'm looking porch. at my list. I think I talked about everything I needed to. Yeah, I think I did too. It's carnival season, um, and uh, uh, I'm eating a lot of sprouted bread. That's my full because <laughs> it's low sodium. Is that a carnival season a tradition? Sprouted bread. Sure. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? It's time for Lunchbox with Ed and John.